Welcome to Shopcasts, a weekly podcast where we answer questions about some of the most important values of the growing prayer movement in Canada. My name is Emily, and joining me today, as always, is Brian Creary, Director of Sanctuary House of Prayer in Winnipeg, and also my dad. Hi, Emily. Morning. So we're going to continue our topic on intercession. And I actually have just like a quick little story about uh, faith. Mm. So the other day I was feeling down about something in my life and I started praying about it and asking the Lord to help me and just like heal my heart. And I was praying and I was asking the Lord and I literally heard, you don't believe that. And I was like, you're right. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. See, the Lord knows. He knows what's going on inside our hearts. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about that? Do you feel rebuked or do you feel kind of encouraged that? No, I feel like there is a stigma around not not saying your own lack mm. because we kind of build ourselves up and we're supposed to be all this and have this amount of faith and like we have no problems. Mm. You know, but most of the time I am more consumed by my problems than the things I'm doing well. Mm. So I feel like being provoked by that and coming face to face with something like that is actually like way better than me thinking that I have it all together because it just makes me come face to face with my humanity and the Lord actually coming on a personal level. And he's like, I'm not just going to tell you because you suck. Like, I'm going to tell you because I want to help you. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah. great. <laughs> I had a very similar experience to yours. Uh, we were doing Bible meditation with our staff, and uh, this was in a season when things were not uh, easy for us. The Lord led us into a season that actually turned out to be about faith. I didn't realize it at the time, but the Lord wanted to build into us an increased confidence in Him, an increased faith that we could trust Him and believe in Him. And one of the ways that He accomplishes that sometimes is that He makes it a, a lot more uh, difficult, or let's just say he he provides less of the grace that makes it easy, and so life felt harder. Uh, the prayer meetings felt harder. We, I can honestly say, we didn't like each other as much. We wanted to spend less time together. Uh, <laughs> you know, it got it, at one point it got so bad that even the staff meeting, the weekly staff meeting I had, we didn't even do those anymore because we just knew if we got together and talked about anything, <laughs> just we'd just get to fight. <laughs> yeah, or we'd just get depressed. We'd depress oh. each other to the point. <laughs> forget it. I don't want to talk about it. And so it was one of those seasons. And it, right at that point. We were doing Bible meditation every day uh, for an hour, and I had this idea that I wanted to, to prepare for one, so I set out to look at Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In fact, it was going to be the Lord is my shepherd. My translation said, I lack nothing. So in Bible meditation, the way it works is that you uh, you write down the verse in your journal, and then you're going to set out to look at the passage uh, section by section and inquire of the Lord. Begin to talk to him and ask him questions about what it means and and uh, have a dialogue with him about it, your own life and your own heart. And let him talk to you. So I'm excited because I'm going to look at the Lord as my shepherd. He's going to be my shepherd. It's going to be so great. He's going to care for me. He's leading me. I'm I'm kind of like feeling life on this. But I write the whole verse out. And as I do, I begin to stare at the shepherd part and I hear the Lord clearly say, no, not that section, the next section. And so I jump over to the next part and I go, I, I lack nothing. Hmm. So I'm staring at that and thinking, I didn't really even want to be here, but okay. And then it's clear, clear, clear as a bell. Just like your experience, I hear him say, you don't believe that. 
And I stared at it and I thought, I think I do. I mean, I, I'm a leading a house of prayer. I've been pastoring for 20 something years. I'm pretty sure I believe that you're going to take care of me. And I hear it again, clear, clear, clear. You don't believe that. I thought, oh, he's got to be right because he's God. Yeah. But I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I feel that. And then I hear it one more time. You don't believe that. And as soon as he says that the third time, it's, I have this strange experience. It's like all of this pressed down, repressed, uh, controlled emotions concerning my life, my disappointments, all of the things in ministry that have been so difficult in that season. It's like it came right from the inner being, my inner down dealt low in my belly and came right up almost like right out of my my wind pipe out of my throat, right out of my mouth, and it just kind of burst forth. It was weird because it sort of bypassed my mind, and all of a sudden, they went, it's true. I don't believe it. And then I had this intense emotional, well, how come you're not doing this, and how come you're not doing that? And it was, it was a big emotional thing for the next 15 or 20 minutes. We had a real hard conversation, and of course, he won because he knew what was in my heart, and he was doing it on purpose. He was establishing something in us that required faith and he wanted us to actually believe and there's a whole lot more to that story in fact i'm going to tell you a little bit more of that story um, because i think it's relevant to connect with this so after that experience uh, now i'm really alerted to the fact that the lord is saying you need faith to be able to do the things that you're doing to be able to pray and have the kind of steadiness to actually pray for these things and ask for them over and over again, you've got to believe. You've got to have extraordinary faith, not not just normal faith, not just the everyday kind of faith. And like you've been already saying, the normal everyday faith is hard enough sometimes. And so he says, if you're really going to believe this, that, that I'm going to come and pour out my spirit and save hundreds of thousands of people or no disease known to man will stand before this people when the wave of healing comes out or I'm going to turn your city into a protected city in the in the the years of trouble and crisis on the earth when the the man of sin the antichrist is present and he's demanding allegiance from the nations and your city will be a place where it's protected and kept safe and all of those things if you're going to believe all that and pray for it you're going to need extraordinary faith so that's the spring or I'm I'm lifted up for a little while. I'm 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 uh, feeling encouraged. Uh, we got I got the rest of my staff in on it. We're all meditating on this passage because I think I'm not going through this alone. So I drag everybody else in it, and and uh, <laughs> they're and so they're crying as they're meditating on the passage too because they realize I don't believe it either. And so it's 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 beautiful, but it's painful because where is he taking us? So later in the summer, we take a trip to Kansas City. And while we're there, I meet with one of our good friends. He's a, one of the, the um, historic leaders of the place. He's been an influencer there for years, Kirk Bennett. And uh, Kirk and I are sitting in a restaurant, and I'm telling him the whole story. And at this point, I'm not doing so well again. We're down, and things are difficult, and it's just a hard season. I tell I him the whole. Yeah, you were there for this. You remember that? Yeah. And we tell the whole story, and uh, and then he said, "Well, he said I hear the Lord saying something to you." He says, and it's it's uh, it's a phrase. He says, in your house of prayer, all you need are two spies, but all you have are 10. And I thought, you're giving me a riddle? Like, what? (laughs) I don't want a riddle, Kirk. I want encouragement. No, no, no. He says, listen, in your house, all you need are two spies, but all you have are 10. And I said, I don't get it. And he's like, think about it. In the Bible, and if you're not familiar with the story, when the, the children of Israel and Moses is leading them across Uh, The wilderness, when they first come through the Red Sea, this is before the 40 years of wandering, they get to the promised land 
and they send some spies in to check the place out and they send 12 and 10 of them uh, see all of the prosperity and all of the blessing and possibility, but they also see the the opposition. They see the enemy, the giants in the land, and they come back and with their report and they say, it's awesome. It's beautiful. We could really prosper there, but these guys are big and we're not going to be able to beat them. We're, we're going to be uh, resisted and, and overcome. We shouldn't go in. And the other two saw the exact same prosperity and the same blessing. And they saw the giants, but they said, but the Lord told us that we'd have this. And so these two guys, these giants are going down. We're taking this land. And unfortunately in the story, the, the, uh, the 10 won out over the two. But in our case, what the Lord was saying to us was, listen, in your house of prayer, you only need two spies. You need the, you need the ones that will believe me regardless of the opposition, regardless of the difficulty. But in your house right now, all you have are 10. It's all unbelief. It's all too low for the extraordinary faith that is required. I actually said to Kirk, what do you mean all? Does that include me? And he's like, you're leading it. He says, you're in the same place as the rest of them. You don't believe it either. And I said, oh, help me, help me. He says, don't worry. He says, the Lord is here to help you. That's why he's telling you this. He wants you to have extraordinary faith. And faith comes sometimes through the difficult circumstances, but... But it has to come. If you don't, if you don't rise in your trust and in your confidence in Him, uh, it's all for naught. Right. Like the Lord always comes and provokes you in that way, and it's pretty much painful every time. But on the other end, it's going to be so much better. And He doesn't just tell you, "So, oh, that's it. Like now you know." No. But it's always I'm telling you so you're aware, so you know what I'm doing because I'm going to help you. Right. And you have to partner with me and agree with what I'm doing in order to receive help. Well, really, he wants you near to him, like we said before. He, he's not telling you just so he can punish you or so he can lord it over you. I know more than you do, yeah. and so you're stuck. He really wants you to say, ah, that's what's going on. Now I, wanna, I can change my ways. I can repent, which is, in our house of prayer, we use the word repent. You know, the biblical term for repent, we say this is the greatest gift you could ever have. The Lord gives you a way to just change your behavior and you're forgiven of your sin and you can just yeah. reconnect with them. <laughs> Who doesn't want to repent? It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And so he's offering this to us when he alerts us to this. So he tells me it's kind of a rebuke. He says, you don't believe this. And then later he says, everybody in your house is at the 10, including you. You're the worst one. You don't have, you don't believe in it either. All of it is designed to cause me to wake up, to repent, to reconnect, and to grow. Because really, he just wants us with him. Right. It is really painful, but I love it because without that, you would just be sitting in the same spot your entire life. And you, would, you wouldn't know any of that. And like everything is just like your lack, you know, right. but. And it's be all about you yeah. all the time. Yeah. And that's not what's going on. And then you, you think you, you're a certain way. <laughs> right. And then you never touch anything of greatness. Mm -hmm. Right. I and mean, we're kind of built to want to participate with something that matters. Right. That's why so many people join movements and protests and things. We're built that way. The Lord's inviting us into something of greatness, the most impressive greatness. But we sit here thinking about ourselves almost all the time. So he's got to shake you loose of some of that, break some of those things off of us, get us thinking differently, win us with affection and desire and pull us right in. And now we're participating with something great and actually believing it. It's awesome. Okay. So we kind of got a little bit uh, off track there, but it was definitely something that we needed to talk about anyway, because that would be questions mm -hmm. in people's mind. All fits together. Yeah. 
Yeah. And people's experience too, it has to go together. So we'll continue with the topic of intercession next week. And for those listening, you can find more information on this topic and much more at sanctuaryhop.com. My name is Emily, and on behalf of my dad and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.